is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? Carrie, you better get whatever whatever you have out of the way, because... Look, I got nothing new going on. I'm still playing Monster Hunter and Pokemon Snap. Y'all enjoy talking about Mass Effect. I'm going to sit and listen, because I'm not playing Mass Effect. That's fine. Um, Micah. I may have played too much Mass Effect this weekend. <laughs> she sent me a message. I did. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Uh, she sent me a message regarding Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and the uh, the message was as follows. Um, so I may have beaten Mass Effect 1 yesterday. Sir. So my, my <laughs> in-game... So to, for, to frame contextually... Uh, I did not 100% the game. However, I did do enough in the game to earn the completionist trophy uh, okay. that you get for doing, I think it's like 75% of the missions that are in the game, uh, mm-hmm. with an in-game time of about 22 hours. What's funny is I was streaming Mass Effect on Sunday, which you can check out at uh, twitch.tv slash densepixelsbrad. It's still up. And I was getting ready to do the Ilos mission, not realizing that the Ilos mission was actually the last mission of the game. <laughs> so I streamed that, and I was like, and then, like, you know, you end up back on the Citadel, and I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm about to beat the game. Like, okay. Um, I did not also realize that in Mass Effect 1, this is the only game in the series that's like this, but in Mass Effect 1, there is no, like, return to the Normandy option after you beat the game because of things that happen at the end of the game. Um, so I, there's a lot of stuff left undone. So I was like, shit, like this isn't necessarily the save file that I want to carry over into mass effect Two Cause there's a lot of things I didn't do yet. Cause I didn't realize that Ilus was the last mission. Cause they don't do a great job of making it super clear that it's the point of no return. They kind of do, but not really. Um, so I, I pulled up a previous save and then grinded out like five hours worth of uncharted worlds missions, which I don't recommend doing in one sitting, by the way. So, th- so we're going to talk about Mass Effect one real quick because this technically is the first time that I've ever completed Mass Effect one. I have not played very much Mass Effect one at all. I tried playing it ten years ago, didn't make it past like, I, like I rescued Liara, and I'm like, man, driving this car sucks, and 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 I and I bounced out of it. So. <laughs> Story in Mass Effect 1, like the core storyline, excellent. Fantastic storyline. Like Micah said last week, it's probably the most cohesive narrative in the entire series. However, the storyline in Mass Effect is actually very short. Like there's really only six main beats, like six areas that you go to to progress the story. And the thing that's filled in around the rest of the story is you have uncharted worlds. So basically each solar system has a, and there's like, I don't know, 25 solar systems that you can, that you can visit in the game. Each solar system has one of the planets in the system. That is a world that you can drop down on and traverse. Now what you're traversing is this very small, like square area. This is not like no man's sky level of, of planet size or anything like that. Right. And, and generally 
the world will have like some anomalies, which are some things you can investigate to get collectibles because there's like collectible side missions that you can do, and there's like things that you can search, like minerals that you can survey because that's also part of a side mission that you can do, and this other thing. And then each planet usually has like a base of some kind on it that has some sort of side mission adjacent uh, necessity to it of sorts. But the problem is, is that these side missions really don't amount to much more than go in, kill these dudes, get a couple items and leave. When you do get a story payoff, like 80% of the time, it's like a text box that pops up on the screen that tells you what happened. Like it's not even a cutscene that you get to experience in the game at all. And there are three flavors of, of buildings that you come across. There's the <laughs> underground round bunker. There's the two-story uh, duplex bunker with the overhang. And then there's the inset mine. And you rotate between those three locations ad nauseum. And they all look the same. Some of the boxes and crates in the area might be positioned in different ways to make it different. Oh, there's also like a freighter that you can get on, but the freighter is laid out in exactly the same way every single time. Um, and th those are the side missions in Mass Effect 1. Needless to say, the side missions in the future games are much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Like, like you gotta, you gotta be into the, the you gotta be into wanting to be a, a space cop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to burn out, to burn through those. Um, uh, and, and you get a lot of them. You get a lot of side quests thrown at you. There's a lot. There's a and, whole uh, lot. And I'm doing them all. Cause I have to, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, this is mass effect warts and all. Right. Mm. But I love it. I, I really do. Um, here's something I, else I discovered by the way, going through the playthrough. So one thing that Mike has talked about on the show, Mike, Mike has beaten mass effect like four times, six times, whatever. Like he's, he's gone through mass effect one a ton. And you told me every single time you played, and we're getting into spoiler territory. The game's been out for 14 years. If you really don't want to hear spoiler territory, just skip ahead like 10 minutes. Um, every single time that you've played Mass Effect 1, Micah, on the, during the Vermeyer mission, you've saved, <laughs> you've saved the same person every single time and let the same person die every single time. Is this correct? Yes, this is correct. Micah, I, I have to question... Your ethics, sir, because <laughs> Ashley Williams, she sucks, is a bigoted xenophobe in this game. Oh, yeah, how, she's, how, she's how, a, could you, how could you possibly say her? Well, the first time, the first time I was a renegade, right. so I was, so I was a bigot, right? Like, I'm a bigot just like her, right? Like, she's a space racist, guess. Yeah. Like, she, you know, she has some bullshit reason why she doesn't like aliens or whatever. No, nah, yo, you're a bigot, right? You're a bigot, and um. And uh, but I wanted to have sex with her. Uh, that's why I did it. Now, uh, with Fem Sh with uh, uh, Lady Shepherd, um, I I I didn't care for um, uh, Alenko, um, and he's, she was just she nice, wasn't about he's a nice like, guy. He's he a is nice a nice guy, guy. and he, I'm going to I'm yeah. going to make sure that he is alive. Yeah. In this playthrough, that's going to be my big change. So here's here's the other thing. So people people rave about the I'm going to call them the original six uh, in mm -hmm. Mass Effect as if they're like a hockey, you know, a group of hockey teams. <laughs> 
Um, the original six characters in Mass Effect that all have the possibility to persist throughout the entire uh, franchise, depending on things you choose. They don't give you a ton of time with them. Like, I was actually kind of surprised at how underdeveloped some of the characters were. Like, like people's obsession with Garrus, to me, doesn't make sense because I barely got two words out of Garrus. Now I didn't. I wasn't trying to romance. You can't even romance Garrus in Mass Effect. Not in the first one. Yeah, or the second one. You can in the third one. Yeah. So, so like I barely got two words at him. The, the characters that I that I had the best relationship with were Caden and uh, Tally. I think were the and then of course Liara because you know you have to. We had to. <laughs> we, we 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 had to not. Also, too, <laughs> Liara comes on super fast. Super yeah, fast. she's just like I'm fascinated with you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, hey, I get it, I get it. You know, but I'm then, a specter. But, but then again, with I'm like a human, with like six, you know, story beats, we don't have a lot of time to to dilly dally because <laughs> we because we have to go through the Mass Effect romance arc, which is kind of attracted to you, kind of want to get down. No, we shouldn't. Yes, we should because the world, because the world's about to end. Like it kind of goes the same way every single time. There's always two paramours that are like uh, competing for your interests in a lot of ways. And did you do? Uh, did you do both at the same time? No. Well, so I, I once Le- so like Caden was flirting with me immediately once once we you know got on the Normandy and started doing our thing. Then once Liara came on board, Caden's like, "Hey, like I think she's sweet on you," and I was like, "I'm sweet on her. We're just friends." <laughs> if you don't don't do that Uh if you if you don't do that uh and you rescue liara you know pretty early on if you don't do that and you just kind of keep playing them both Mm -hmm. uh they'll come up to you after one of those missions after one of the world missions and it's just like look you need to make a choice right (laughs) now (laughs) and if you say if you say well can i have both of you uh, they'll both t- they'll both be pissed. I mean, that makes and, sense. And and you and I think you have to kind of work to. I think if you say, "Can I have? Can I have both of you?" The human one is just like, "No, fuck you forever." And then I think it's just harder to get Liara yeah. to come around. But I think you still can. Yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> funny, man. It's funny. <laughs> She's like, "No, nope, we're doing this right now in the calm room." This is like some Jerry Springer shit. So gameplay wise. I was surprised that at least on normal difficulty, the gameplay was very weapons heavy. And again, so like since I since Mass Effect 2 was the one that I really played the most first, I got spoiled on it. Because in Mass Effect 2, when you use your powers, you can target somebody, and even if they're like around cover or you know, like not 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 exactly in your line of sight, like the power will still arc over to them or, or will work through certain cover, which is nice. Mass Effect 1, like you have to aim where the power is going. And if the, like if you aim and then the person moves, congratulations, like you just wasted your power and now it has to recharge again. So I wasn't really using the powers too much until later in the game. Um, Cause I, and I was, and Two other problems with that. Number one, weapons are really good in Mass Effect 1, especially now. And especially especially now because now there's no more class restrictions on weapons. 
that's number one. They also got rid of the like RPG like dice roll mechanics that the original game had and just made it like skill based, yeah. which is which is cool. Um, but later in the game, biotic powers are stupid in, in fucking Pass of Metal <laughs> One. <laughs> like they're they really so are. they're so ab- they're so disgustingly good. Like why would you bother using anything else? That's why I'm saving Caden uh, this time because, like, on an insanity playthrough, like on harder playthroughs, all that gun stuff is not going to work. Yeah, like you have to like enemies. They use shield boost. They use immunity. Um, they 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 stay behind cover. Like you have to you have to flush them out. Yeah, well, guess uh, what? You you have a little ability called Singularity that's real good at flushing enemies. <laughs> I'm floating through the air. Like, yeah, now I'm going to pop you with my fucking shotgun. Like, have fun. <laughs> have fun dying. And it's, um, it's yeah, you have, to, you have to really use your, you have to really, really use your powers. And you have to, and, you know, the in order to kind of combat um, the whole line of sight thing, you got to, you got to, Increase blast radius for all of your, all of your powers. Uh, if it's a power that can do that, mm-hmm. um, to try and help flush people out. Um, but it's uh, it's fun, man. I'm 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 loving it. I'm loving being back in it. Um, when I turned it on, I looked at some old videos of of the first Mass Effect, mm-hmm. and uh, when I turned this on, I was I was blown away. Um, it's it's very good looking for a game that yeah. is a remaster of a game that came out in 2007. Yeah, yeah, like like, like, it, spe- like specifically the the part that really struck me um, was the Ilos part when you're driving the Mako down like the the throughway mm-hmm. that's there. If you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. Um, looks incredible. Like like I like that probably I would love to see that next to the original version because. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's probably night and day for that specifically, like how much detail there is on on the different walls and and how much like how far the detail goes into the background and everything. Um, probably looks incredible. Uh, Vermeer probably also big upgrade in the new version. Yeah. I would bet. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I realized that um, I had only played uh, Pinnacle Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the piece of DLC that's not included, and I really liked it because it, it had like a, uh, it had like a horror vibe to it, if I'm remembering it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bring, and I bring enjoyed down, that. bring down the sky was, under- so I'm, yeah, I'm I'm playing bring down the sky now, and I'm just like, this is just this isn't the same mm-hmm. as uh, as Pinnacle Station. I I would have much rather have had that, but you know, lost the code or whatever. I I get it. Um. Yeah, man, I I, uh, I I'm loving it. I'm taking it uh, low and slow. Um, I got my uh, I'm uh, I'm an infiltrator, so I I have all these tech based abilities, and I got to keep Caden because Caden's got like the the best biotic abilities. Uh, he's got the best combination of of uh, people that I play as, and uh, either. Um, Anyone except Ashley, because because uh, soldiers are useless. Soldiers are terrible uh, in this game. Like 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 yeah. they, like I, I one of the listeners, and I'm I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was in the Discord mentioned that they were boring themselves with a soldier playthrough because like they're like I really regret the choice, but I'm too far <laughs> to go back now. <laughs> and the problem is that Mass Effect One 
soldiers don't really get powers. Like 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 the benefit in Mass Effect One was that they could they could do specialized training with every weapon type, mm. but that only was yeah. a benefit when you were, when you couldn't use every weapon type as another class. Right. But you could do that in this game. <laughs> I will I will say for 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 you listener who I still cannot remember right now who it was. Um number 1, you can switch your class even if you're importing a shepherd into Mass Effect 2. That's that's totally cool. And number 2, soldier gets better in Mass Effect 2. Like like it becomes a a better class to play cuz you actually get powers that you could use. Yeah. Not much better, but better than Mass Effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's still not um you know, you're still not a space mage, yeah. right? But um it's it's a little it's a little better, but no, nah, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta go with tech or biotic or or something uh, some combination of the two. Well what's cool you can, is, is that you can actually make it like thematically cool to switch classes in Mass Effect 2 because of what happens at the beginning of that game, essentially. Like, oh, yeah. like, like you can totally theme it as like, well, I was this guy, but when this thing happened, they implanted me with biotic implants and now I'm a bi- and now I'm a vanguard. So Yeah. I'm 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 playing as a paragon and in Mass Effect 2, what happens in that game is gonna really piss me off. <laughs> so so I'm probably going to go uh, down a renegade route. Um because normally I would just play them all, you know all straight or whatever Mm -hmm. but um yeah man it's it's still fun uh the story is still good to me um i'm i i'm i'm very uh i'm anxious to get to mass effect 2 i'm there buddy (laughs) i gotta i gotta get this platinum I got to get this platinum, getting, getting to Getting to rush the cover and vault over cover and not have to <laughs> yeah, instead of just, guns over Instead of just and- walking up to a wall and hoping that you hug it. Like, like it's still Mass Effect 1. Like, it still has some Getting to, getting some to hot, jankiness. Map, hot map powers to single buttons and <laughs> not having to pull up a wheel every two seconds in combat. Like, it's all great. Yeah. <laughs> it's all great. It's, it is incredible how much of a quality of life upgrade Mass Effect 2 is. <laughs> Arguably the greatest quality of life upgrade in video game history from, from one from one version of a game to another. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 about all I had to say about Mass Effect 1. Uh I will be streaming Mass Effect 2 in some way, shape, or form over the next several weeks. Uh but I, I mean, I guess it says a lot about Aspect One that I that I felt compelled to put a day of gaming into two and a half days over, over the course of weekend, essentially. <laughs> or just crushing it. Or that's how badly I wanted to get to Mass Effect 2. I was like, I have to get. Yeah, past this I think game. that's it. I think that's it. I think it's more of like, let's, let's just let's just eat my vegetables so I can have my dessert. <laughs> <laughs> think you might be right about that <laughs> i i literally lit- like one- once i was grinding side missions i was like i'm literally going to just keep playing until i pop the completionist trophy and then <laughs> well so, so the problem is, the problem is wow. i couldn't i couldn't get the platinum anyway because i killed ashley before i had used her enough to get the trophy that you need to actually take her on missions with you like i didn't take her oh. on enough, i didn't complete enough missions with her before yeah. she died so i was like well fuck i'm gonna need another playthrough anyway yeah that was the first thing i did yeah i was just Smart. like nah man i, 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 yeah. I wish i'd planned it out a little bit better <laughs> i wish i planned it out a little bit better so 
Uh, new games for you guys this week. Uh, don't worry, there's not a lot to take Mass Effect off of anyone's plate. I don't think that's going to be out there. Uh, except for this one, of course. Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Dry Twice comes Gosh, to PlayStation, up. Xbox, and Switch. It's incredible that these games still continue to be made by somebody. Wild. Um, wow. Days wow. Gone comes to PC. Uh, Elite Dangerous, the Odyssey expansion, releases. Never Yield comes to PC and Switch. Outbreak Endless Nightmares comes to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, and Switch. Backworlds comes to Nintendo Switch. Grand Casino Tycoon comes to PC. Just Die Already comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Lacuna comes to PC. Layers of Fear 2 comes to Switch. Mayhem in Single Valley comes to PC. A Bird in Cage comes to PC. Puzzle Bobble VR Vacation Odyssey comes to the Oculus Quest. Knockout City comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Metopia comes to the Nintendo Switch. And Rust comes to P- or PlayStation and Xbox. Wow. Um, I'm just looking at pictures of Leisure Suit Larry. Wet dream. I saw you highlight it, and I'm like, I know Mike is going to look this dumb shit up, and I know it, he's going to regret it. Yeah, like there's a there's a plant in here that I guess was designed by Georgia O'Keeffe. Uh, if you are aware of who that artist is, um, there's another plant that just looks like a pair of dick and balls. Um, all right, um, I think I'm I think I'm done. Uh, Speak, with- speaking of lowbrow humor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, you can listen to us. Uh, some form, some combination of the three of us, either on this show or any of the other shows that we talk about. You can also uh, interact with us uh, on our Discord, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, you can also go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Brad will be, I'm presuming, uploading his streams there eventually. If I, if I remember, so like, so Twitch is dumb and you can't download your streams to save elsewhere unless you're a partner. So I'll have to actually remember to enable my, like enable OBS to record and stream simultaneously so that I can do uh, that, which I excellent. did not remember to do for that Mass Effect 1 stream. So if well, you want to see that, you, you got a week and a half before it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> he will try to remember so that you can go to youtube.com slash pixels While you're there, subscribe. Uh, since you're all, you know, subscribing to everything, you can subscribe to all the shows that we're on individually. Uh, including the Apocalypse, Black on Black Cinema. We just recorded a new episode uh, uh, called Monster uh, that does not star uh, Charlize Theron. Uh, Coming Distractions, the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's still not enough, uh, densepixels.com slash premium for $50 a year or $5 a month if you're, you know, cheap. Uh, you can access the premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances. We have a schedule uh, that we are going to be recording those on. Uh, there's one in the can. Uh, so get ready for that one. Uh, no time to bleed. Uh, we got the movie picked out. We're just trying. We're waiting on our friend on the West Coast who has um, middle of nowhere internet. Because <laughs> uh, he would like to be on that episode. Uh, the Men with the Golden Tongues will return in June. Um, I need you. Uh, has anybody has anybody tried to guess what the what, what the theme will be? Not that I've seen. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's your homework. Uh, your homework also includes listening to Upstage Conversation. Uh, There'll be starring- a new episode of that as soon as I can 
get no, Brad Car- to... Carrie's, Carrie's got to wrangle me. That's right. Yeah, I got to... Yeah. I'm, we're waiting on Brad at yeah. this point. There you go. And uh, the full two-hour-ish episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Um, yeah. Densepistle.com slash premium. Uh, I'm slightly surprised about this, but I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised about this. I'm not. Yeah. We probably shouldn't be. But Microsoft uh, finally going to start flexing that Bethesda exclusivity muscle as they have announced that Starfield is going to be an Xbox and PC exclusive when it releases supposedly next year. Uh, this is a industry report uh, from Jeff Grubb. Uh, it's not been confirmed, I don't think, by Microsoft. Um, the scuttlebutt, as Micah is prone to saying, is that this is going to show up for the first time at E3 this year during the Microsoft presentation. Now, given Bethesda's recent history, uh, I don't think anyone would be surprised if this were to somehow come out this fall, if they're going to show it off at E3 for the first time, given that that seems to be how they like to release their games uh, nowadays, which I'm all for. No, no mm-hmm. need to build up a long hype hype trail, uh, which apparently they were going to announce it or show some of stuff off sooner. And then like the cyberpunk debacle happened and they're like, you know what? We'll just hold it back. We'll I mean, they <laughs> they've experienced, I mean, particularly with Fallout 4, they didn't announce Fallout 4 until the E3 before it was ready yeah. to come out. So if they're going to fully unveil Starfield for the first time at E3 this year, I feel like it's reasonable to expect that Starfield would probably be coming out within the six to eight months after that. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's very reasonable. Uh, also, I mean, if you want to look at Microsoft's recent history, uh, just look at Halo Infinite and perhaps why they don't want they yeah. don't want another <laughs> shit show like that. No. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised that Starfield is going to be presumably, you know, rumors um, is going to be Xbox PC exclusive to be Microsoft exclusive. Um, however, I still sort of expect that the existing Bethesda IP, such as Fallout and Elder Scrolls, will probably still appear on Sony and or Nintendo. I think that's why most folks thought that Starfield would be multi-platform, even in the wake of the announcement, just because they figured they might have inked those deals, those publishing deals before mm. Microsoft had picked them up. Um, I will say this. uh Though I will, of course, have to wait to see what Starfield actually is since we haven't seen it. Uh, if this is my jam, <laughs> you might have Microsoft might have finally gotten their first system seller. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Or you could just get a nice PC because I'm not going to be buying an Xbox. I will be playing it yes. on my PC. The Xbox would be cheaper to buy than a PC. Yes, but the PC would be more useful. I know, but I just bought this. You this already Mac. have one. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, plus, then I'd have to like play on a mouse and key. Like, who does that? What kind of monster do you think I am? Play, play with <laughs> I don't play with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. No, I I play with an Xbox One controller. Oh, do you? Well, you yes. got an Xbox One controller yeah, right there. Yeah, because their controllers just are get delightful. Xbox. No, I'm not going to buy an Xbox. <laughs> I'm going to use the controllers on my PC because they are the most comfortable controller out there. I I think that's the one thing Microsoft has is they lo- a long time ago fucking perfected the video game controller. I don't know, man. This this one's this one's pretty good. 
pretty good. Dual Sense is better than previous Dual Shocks, yeah. <laughs> but I still think the Xbox is a better controller. I don't uh, like having my thumbsticks right next to each other. I think you're forgetting. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't mind that thing so much when oh, I have I, to use I, it. I, I, nah, I hate it. it. I, I got teeny little baby close, hands, so like I don't mind like, it. Yeah, <laughs> teeny, it teeny tiny little baby hands for me. So I I don't... To, if I wanted to play a Tiger electronic game, <laughs> I'd go back to 1990. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's fair. I, <laughs> I I think I still have the ones that I had when I was a kid. In a I box wish somewhere. I did. I had I had a lot of Tiger games back when I was. Uh, I had the Aladdin Tiger game that I was pretty good at. Something else, maybe the Lion King. It definitely had Aladdin, though. Speaking of the greatest controller in console gaming, the DualSense PlayStation controller, there are two new colors that are set to hit shelves next month for PS5 controllers. Get ready for Midnight Black and Cosmic Red, so says the title of the blog post of the PlayStation blog that announced these. Uh Cosmic red, okay. It's you know, it's it's a purplish red. I can I can I can see cosmic red. Uh the black is just black. Like if you're gonna get this black controller, you're boring. That's all that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I pre-ordered the red. I sh- I should. I I I've been to get another dual sense of what better excuse than uh than to get new colors. I do like the red. The red the red is pretty dope. Um yeah. I don't know if I like the red. No. I like I like my reds to be a little ruby. A little more ruby, and I like my purples to be like deep purples. Yeah, this is a red this. that I would say is trending magenta. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm. I'm feeling it, and uh, I'm not gonna get a. I'm not gonna get the black controller because I don't have a black console to go with. So you it, want so. more of like a blood warm red? This is like yeah. a cool bluish red. This is like. This is like blood that has left the body and has been exposed to oxygen for a long period of time. Okay, well that turns brown, so that that's be, not yeah, what that is. That's, that's closer <laughs> to the black controller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that not that long. No, I need something I need something um You you like your reds like, to be like warm, almost orangey. Like I get it. Yes, yeah, like that. Yeah. I need I need that. So and okay. I and I need my purples to like I need my purples to be like regal, like deep, deep purples. So yep. my, my wife, uh, hybrid. my wife was not impressed with either color because I, I would ostensibly also be getting it for her because we're going to need a second controller when Diablo 4 comes out at some point in time. Um, also, a second controller would have really come in use this weekend because I ran through the charge on this thing like at least three times playing through. <laughs> playing through <laughs> and the problem is that the way my cables are set up, like I have them run under my desk and then coming through so it wasn't like long enough to sit back and play which is a major design flaw on my part so i'd probably need to rearrange rearrange what i'm doing there but i'm also not usually playing for like nine hours in a clip at a time so (laughs) so those are coming soon uh we talked last week uh one of the things mentioned during the apple epic trial is that apple justified uh having two standards uh for fortnite and for games like roblox because they called roblox and minecraft quote experiences and not games. Well, uh, Roblox terrified at what the potential outcome of this trial could possibly be and what it could mean for their <laughs> prospects on the Apple Store uh, later on down the road have basically wiped the word game from any description of Roblox. 
And it is now an experience. Wow. On its website, according to according to the folks at Roblox. Uh, that's not the only piece of terminology they changed. So uh, they changed the phrase continue playing to just continue. Uh, from friends playing, now friends visit you in Roblox for an experience. Uh, they used <laughs> to have like a header that just said games at the top of their site. Now it says discover. Instead of joining wow. a game, you can now just join your friends. And if you're you're not playing Roblox anymore, you are now active in Roblox. This is wow. so funny to me. Wow. Also, it's kind of scary, yo. Really like, this is. whole company. So this company was just like, uh, this bigger company is is dictating how we have to brand ourselves. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Well, but they're they're worried because if like Let's say Epic. I'm, I'm trying to think of how this could backfire. And essentially, it could backfire where Apple's like, "Yeah, we got to take the 30 percent from you too at some point," <laughs> or or you have to just make it look like that it's fine. So, like now, what is Epic like? What if Epic decides to rebrand themselves as an experience now? Like Fortnite's not a game anymore, guys. It's the Fortnite experience. Uh, so you don't you're not playing Fortnite. You are uh, you spawn in Fortnite now. Like you're 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 spawning. So that's what, to see that. In the wake of this, that's what I want them to do. Like, like if somehow the case gets decided for them and Apple's like, no, experiences are cool. I just want Fortnite to literally just change terminology and be like, now what? Let's go back to court. <laughs> <laughs> this legally is bullshit. Dude, I'd, be, I'd be petty as fuck. Are you kidding me? Oh, shit. So. That's uh, that's funny and scary. Yeah, that was that was the biggest news. The other big news that came out. So Phil Schiller testified uh, yesterday, I think, and basically said that because Netflix was okay and not the same as XCloud, because like you don't have to log in to in- individual accounts to watch movies on Netflix, which it seems a very flimsy splitting of hairs between the two <laughs> things. So. Okay, Phil yeah. Schiller, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever you guys have to tell yourself to make make the rules different for different people. And again, I'd be cool if they were just be like, yeah, Netflix is bigger than than Epic is, so we have to make special concessions for them. Like that would be a better argument, I feel like. Yeah, that would make a little more sense to me. Yeah. But uh, what the hell do I know, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Carrie and I talked about the insane state of the Pokemon uh, trading card game market uh, yep. to the point where people were uh, Target was limiting sales, worrying about the safety of their staff. Well, they're so worried that Target has temporarily suspended the sale of Pokemon cards and other trading cards in their stores in response to violent confrontations related to the collectibles. Uh, the policy went into effect last week, but customers were seeing signs in stores even before then. Entirely. So I was in Target last week. <laughs> <laughs> who you picked up a pack? Uh, Here's what, the thing. What you else? know, I've been sort of picking up packs at random, sort of like, you know, get, get that dopamine rush. You know, you get that get that nice, shiny, crinkle paper. And, you who'd know, you, who'd you have to stab to get those? They just had them. So this isn't the set that everyone's after. This is Battle Styles oh. as opposed to uh, Shining Fates, which is like the the hot commodity right now, or Shining Fates packs, but <clears throat> yeah, I um got got some cards. Nothing worth anything. <laughs> how, many, never uh, is. how many kids did you have to drop kick? In I order didn't to get them? like. 
They, here's the thing. They didn't have any Shining Fates packs. They didn't have really any tins. They just sort of had a handful of Battle Styles packs. Um, but, I mean, they had the sign up when I was in there that, that they were going to stop selling them. So Were you screaming at associates like, where are your Pokemon cards? Like, like as Oh, because I'm not a fucking this. lunatic. Um, <laughs> I was in there to buy some yogurt and figured I'd pick up a pack of Pokemon cards while they were still available. Um, yeah, that's what I tell myself every morning when I'm looking for new toys at Target. Oh, I'm just going here to get a bottle of milk. Every morning? Why are you going to Target past. on the daily? Oh, no, not every morning, okay. like once a week, okay. once a week when they restock. Uh, this toy game is is something fierce, man. Like like these, these the aftermarket is crazy. Uh, and I'm not even trying to make make money. I don't get these toys to invest. The fuck out of here. I get any, them to any, play with anything them. that has limited runs has insane aftermarkets. Watches the same way. Like there's some brands that have such limited runs that, you know, if you don't get lucky and snap it up, like you're going to buy that shit for 50 percent over retail from from an online seller it's it's wild um so yeah weirdly they also pulled like sports trading cards as well which i didn't realize was that serious but i guess they didn't want to pull ones and not the others so yeah i think the only thing they're still selling in stores right now is magic yeah oh damn I mean, Mike, mad, mad, magic's the money maker. They're not gonna. Yeah, they're not, they're not gonna. gonna, gonna <laughs> but people aren't losing their shit over magic, or like, I guess Yu Gi Oh is still around too. He still sees Yu Gi Oh cards. Yeah, here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, people aren't tearing each other up because that's the thing. It's it's just a flipper market. People aren't buying the Pokemon cards for the sake of then like building a deck and playing in a game. That's what people do with magic cards is they're buying packs so that they can play the game, presumably. Um it's the the Pokemon trading card market is is purely just a raw flipper market right now. Uh, I um, hate that shit, man. Dude, me too. Um God damn it. That being said, I could take advantage of this and make a lot of money very quickly right now if i want to I don't, I don't know why you don't like i said se- sentiment only takes me so far yeah <laughs> no i am way too fucking nostalgic for my days at the old owings mills mall wizards of the store so oh my goodness uh ea we've talked about recently acquired uh racing game developer codemasters uh in an interview EA CEO Andrew Wilson said that they want to give Codemasters the, quote, respawn treatment, uh, saying that they're, I'm quoting now from Andrew Wilson, our orientation isn't to come in and take over Codemasters, our orientation isn't to come in and turn Codemasters into another EA studio, we want to provide uh, a provision of opportunity, whatever the fuck that means. Um, I guess, like, so, like, the reason that respawn got to do what they wanted is because Vince Sampella made Call of Duty and that was kind of a big deal. And then eventually they put out Apex Legends, which prints money. And yeah. so, <laughs> and so <laughs> okay, that, yeah. that basically gives you a blank check. So it's like, oh, you want to make a single player Star Wars game? Okay. Whatever, like, like as long as long as long as that golden goose is laying eggs, yeah. like, where, when's the next the, season of Apex coming? <laughs> right, like, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about. Couldn't it. give a shit. Um, <laughs> Codemasters is in that same ballpark in terms of racing games, uh, but racing A is a lot more competitive of a field, and it also doesn't bring in the same kind of revenue. Um, that said, 
do we think that EA has finally learned their lesson when it comes to putting their stamp onto these bigger studios that they acquire? No, not yet. I, I don't think so. I'm going to need a little more. Um, I'm going to need a little more evidence before I'm willing to give EA the benefit of the doubt when it comes to uh, meddling. Um, and it's got to be something that's, you know, this would be this would be the real test, right? Like because whatever racing game they're going to put out is not going to be, you know, you got you got you got the two big guns on either console. Well, so uh, weirdly enough, so in, in this recent like revelation that I've had about like F one is awesome, um, mm-hmm. I did download the de- so Codemasters puts out the official F one video game every year. I did download a demo, like a like a trial for F one twenty twenty. It's actually kind of mm-hmm. fun. Like it's it's not it's not something that I would play because it's way too like sim heavy, and I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of time. Um, but I think F one does really well, and the game is actually very well produced considering. I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's one thing, right? But what's the first thing you did when you first you got your when you got your big budget racing car game when you got Gran Turismo? What was right. the first thing you did? You went and looked for your car. That's right, and and. Get that, you're get not that, get that cappuccino in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not, uh, you know, F one is a is is a niche of a niche. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta start like cranking out a couple of arcade racing games that just have to hit like like but like a burnout paradise hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, even that first burnout. Uh, Codemasters did that first burnout, didn't they? Did they? They they're they're famous for the dirt and grid franchises as well. So they kind of uh, they kind of spread it around. I thought Criterion did, uh, did all the burnouts. No, nah, I thought um I can't I can't up, remember. In, up oh. until a certain point, at least. So Yeah. Uh you're you're probably right. But um it's yeah, you gotta you gotta something's gotta hit the, the video game zeitgeist as a whole. Uh for them to because I, I just don't see EA not plus ea is run by like a bunch of like european dudes mm-hmm. and they sway up and down that they know racing right so i i don't know i don't know my my big fear is my big it's the same thing i reiterated last week when i talked about super mega baseballs i'm just i'm just worried that it's going to be riddled with microtransactions at some point yeah like like that that's that's the stamp i'm more like i don't i'm not worried about them like like I'm just waiting for F1 Ultimate Team to show up in in like F1 2022 when that game comes out. Yeah, yeah, it um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, like the 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 developers under EA, like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't put out like crap games for the most part. But like that Star Wars game, that Star Wars game was fine. It just it was a slot machine. Like it played well. It was the best playing slot machine I've ever seen. <laughs> But it, you know, it was it was a slot machine, um, coupled with the fact that like it's it's got a, a property beloved by everyone, mm-hmm. and um, they they very clearly took advantage. Now, am I, I? And I don't make that comparison to say that I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, I make that comparison just to just to remind people, like. Yeah, it's it's about making money, man. Yep. And if this and if whatever Code Masters does doesn't make money, yeah, you better believe they're gonna 
They're going to put their hands all over. <laughs> uh, we touched ever so briefly on the new transmog system uh, in Destiny 2. <laughs> Where we uh we talked about how they were limiting it to the like you can only do ten transmogs per season, uh, which the community thought was ridiculous. Uh, well, it turns out that it's gonna be pretty tough to get to ten <laughs> in a single season anyway. <laughs> so I'm not gonna dive too deeply into the into the way the sausage is made on this, but essentially Paul Tassi of Forbes, or actually yeah, it, it was Paul Tassi of Forbes that uh basically figured out that it it's gonna take about 25 hours of in-game playtime to be able to grind out enough materials to transmog a single full armor set in Destiny 2. Jesus. But of course, you can speed that up by paying them real money bucks. <laughs> out of that so pocket. you can so you can either pay real money or play the game that is the equivalent of Brad beating an RPG. Uh, the, I the could Mass play Red through ba based on my average time uh, on, on finishing from finishing start to finish. I could play through golden sun twice. Yeah. In the <laughs> time in one piece of armor. In, uh, it takes you to make. Well, but so, so here, so here's the, so here's the thing. So there are, a number of different like materials that you need to earn. And again, that's why I don't want to dig too deep into the details, but materials that you, uh, there, there's a specific material called synth weave that you need in order to, to transmog the stuff. So you can max out your carry capacity at 15 synth weave for the synth weave that you grind out playing in game. However, the synth weave templates that you buy with your silver in Destiny 2, which is the real the real money currency, is infinite. Like like there's no limit on how much you can stack on those. Damn, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So so again, just just a reminder, Diablo 3, completely free free transmog. It costs you in-game gold, which at a certain point is being pissed on you constantly. Like 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 it's not even a thing. Um World of Warcraft has a paid subscription, but has the same transmog where it doesn't cost any actual money. Um, League of Legends has free, you know, cosmetics that you could buy, but it's a free to play game. And I guess Destiny 2 is also technically a free to play game at this point, but it's not. Like if you're playing Destiny 2 and you give a shit about transmog, you are buying that expansion every <laughs> year and paying for those seasons that come out. I'm not oh. even, I'm not even mad at him for incentivizing people to spend real money because again the game is free to play it's a business like and it's of course they're going to incentivize people right. to spend money but boy is this a fucking obnoxious way to do well, it it's a slap in the face like like if you're like it's it's like it's the the closest equivalent i could think of is when street fighter 5 came out and capcom was like oh you can unlock every character in the game without spending a dime and that's true you could but the amount of time you'd have to play to grind out enough fight money compared to just buying the characters was ludicrous. Like, like, like no one in their right mind would spend the hours needed to unlock one character or just pay $5. Like, like at that point, why even have it as an option to do it in the game? Just charge the money for it. I'd respect you more. It's same thing with this. Like, like you want trans, like people have been asking for transmog. Cool. 
hey, we're going to give you this thing that's really popular that anyone wants, but look, we got bills to pay. So if you want to transmog, you know, we'll let you, you know, pay $3 an armor set, whatever. Like people still pay that shit. They won't care. You might get people that are grumble about it, but they're going to grumble a lot more about, you know, gating something behind 25, 25 hours in destiny is a long fucking time. That's a <laughs> long time. It's a real long time. It's a lot of matches of crucible. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> like, like. It, uh, it's longer than the original campaign of these games. Like they're correct. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Man. By, by, by a factor of like three, <laughs> like, like, it's, <laughs> like, like it's not even close. Um, Oh, uh, that's funny. Speaking, speaking of making me spend money that I wasn't planning on doing Uh final story in the quick stories this week, Uh guys, they might've done it. They might've finally convinced me to try call of duty Warzone. So Activision is adding not not only this it's like I saw this first and I was like ah it's cool but I don't really care. They they're so they're adding John McClane of Die Hard and John Rambo as playable operators in the new mid-season patch that's coming out here soon, which is fantastic and apparently it's like 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 80s film grain camera and all this other shit. So that that that's fantastic in the first place. But the real the real PhD resistance, the thing that is going to get me to the fucking dance, is that they're adding Nakatomi Plaza as a playable map <laughs> in the game. Yo, come on! I, I, mean, can't, I can't believe it. I'm watching this and I'm just grinning <laughs> from ear to ear, man. Like, this is amazing. Come um, on. One, uh, yeah, guys are simple. Uh, yes. We really are. <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking, you put Rambo in a game. And it'll get our attention. Dark, you put diehard. You would, you know, like, I mean, there's got to be a point, like an objective or something, where you, where like, you jump off of that thing, right? There like, has to be. There has to be. Come right. On. Like, come on. Like, come you on, gotta, man. You got to have the FBI helicopter <laughs> flying around. You got to have like the fucking police tank trying to come up the steps. You got to have Ellis's dead body laying in an office chair somewhere with a fucking with a fucking diet coke next to him. Come on, you gotta you gotta have Carl Winslow shoot a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, if you if you can't go down to the parking garage and Argyle's not waiting down there, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, man. Come on, uh, look. If you're gonna do this, you can't just have like a random man. Like it's just the can building. You, can oh, you like... sh- can you shoot the glass? Can you shoot the glass? <laughs> you have to be able to shoot the glass. Can you check for detonators? Can you run into a fucking British actor doing the worst American accent of all time? <laughs> Come on, make 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 my dreams come true, y'all. I, 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 I want to play man. Die Hard Call of Duty. Let's go. Why didn't they just do that to begin with? Why didn't they make a Call of Duty game that's just Die Hard? Like it all takes place in one location. You just got to go up and up and up and up, right? Maybe it's not a full fledged you know Call of Duty experience. Maybe it's like an expansion. Like instead of stupid zombies all the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of stupid ass zombies shuffling around all over the place, just and yo, you're die, you're in Die Hard. Yeah, have have you seen the European terrorists? As, as yes, your bad guys. You can so. you you you. The, the, it's 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 like all v one, right? Or 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 you know, it's all v one might not be fair, right? But you can have like a couple different like John McClane's, like you have a John McClane and a Jim McClane, or whatever. It's a multiplayer thing. Who cares, right? <laughs> and then you got the terrorists. And, and and yo, come on, man, come on! 
This is a billion dollar idea. Can can you take can you duct tape a computer monitor to a chair with C four and throw it down an elevator shaft? Can you do that? <laughs> take this under consideration, Dickwad. Oh Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> or sorry, take this under advisement. Here I am misquoting Die Hard. Shame on me. Um, I sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza, lady. <laughs> Every time he says it, I just there's something about that delivery. I just die laughing, man. <laughs> Here, have you seen Die Hard one? Not in its entirety. Oh come, oh, come on, on, man! Come it's on, the man. best. Come it's on. the best action movie ever. Uh, I know. It's it's, it's so really good. good man. I know. It's, it's so really good. good. <laughs> fucking uh, uh, Snape is in it. Whatever. I know. <laughs> That'll get you to watch it, right? Right, there's a wizard in it. <laughs> I like Alan Rickman for things that are not Harry Potter, for for, for what it's worth. He was a very talented actor. He was, he was. He, he was a very talented actor, and the Harry Potter franchise was fucking lucky to have ever had him. I 100% agree. <laughs> I am not a huge fan of that franchise, but I am an Alan Rickman fan. And uh, uh, look, man, uh, just God damn it. I know, I, I know. When uh, when Alan Rickman is dropped from the top of the tower. I know they didn't tell him that they, they were going to drop him, him yeah. so that they, they just him. dropped him and then his <laughs> reaction was real. It's one of, one of those favorite uh, movies. I'm not completely not tuned in to diehard facts. Like, just because no, I haven't seen it. the movie from start to finish no, doesn't mean I'm a dunce it. about the movie. The, be- no, the best part it. about the about the Hans Gruber falling from the tower scene is that there there is a completely unnecessary cutaway right after the fall starts where they go to where they go to uh, Dwayne Robertson, who's the dickhead like police guy. And he's like, boy, I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> wow it's fantastic really it's, it's really like it's that it's that it's that needed like moment of comic relief that really punches up the drama of that scene it's so good now now what they need to do to to compliment nakatomi tower is they need to so if they're gonna put rambo in the game Next, so like this is all on the Warzone map, right? So like it, like Nocturne Tower is just a part of the Warzone map. So in another part of the Warzone map, you can have the small, you know, Jerkwater USA town in Oregon from First Blood that you can then go on a rampage and murder like all the local sheriffs who were a dickhead to you for no reason other than they thought you were like a vagrant. I um I know Call of Duty is a very violent game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is as violent as any one Rambo movie, especially the later ones. Well, the, like, the later ones, they, they cranked it up to like ludicrous ways. Like first blood is excessively violent, but a good, but a really good movie. Like, like it's one, right. it's one of the better, like, you know, post post Vietnam movies that exist. In yeah. Because it was actually trying to like talk about the horrors of war yeah. and what it does to like the psyche and, and then they just made fucking killing movies. Yeah, and and true. at the end, like like Rambo Rambo performs a Kano fatality on a guy. You know? Like he punches a guy and he cuts a guy's chest open and rips out his heart and, and says something like, I, I forget what he says, but like the guy kidnapped a girl that he just that, that was his neighbor's daughter. And he went all the way to Mexico, uh, brought him back here, cut his chest open and pulled his 
beating heart out. Like God, I've damn, not dude. I've not yet seen that John Rambo movie. Like I'm afraid to because I saw Rambo four and I was just like, if they're going more over the top than this, <laughs> Ram, Ram, Rambo four lets you know what you're in for than five minutes because they have those like fucking uh, like the asshole Burmese military guys that are like making the peasants go across the minefield and like the one dude steps on a yeah. mine and it's the it's the goriest fucking explosion you've ever seen in your life. You're like, oh, it's it's like this is it. Like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> like, like this is like this is like some nether realm like study footage that like, like Jesus Christ. Like, all right, man. But yeah, look, look, I mean, it looks fun. It does. But uh, you know, I'd start playing it and then I'm then I'd realize it's just Call of Duty. Yeah. So um Man, go to uh, do yourself a favor. Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases, you uh you help out the show. And um uh, it's the easiest way to uh, to help us out. Uh, I'm going to densepixels.com slash Amazon right now and typing in Die Hard. You can get a Nakatomi Plaza Die Hard collection on Blu-ray <laughs> uh, for two for $199.95 US. And it and this collection is a replica of Nakatomi Tower. That you can put that you can store your Blu-rays in. Uh, it might be worth it if you still use physical media, <laughs> um, and you you know want the bad die. Yeah, but so you got to you, you got to get thing. the two lesser diehards in there. <laughs> I've, I've learned a lesson recently about owning the things that you want to own on physical media because my favorite sitcom, period, is that '70s show. I used to be able to watch that 70s show on Netflix. And I can't watch it on Netflix anymore. I can't watch it anywhere anymore. It's not even on FX? No. Well, that's a shame. I don't think so. I it's it's not on any of the streaming services that I am subscribed to. Hmm. Now, I used to have the entire franchise on DVD. And you know what I do with those DVDs? I said to myself, I don't need DVDs. Streaming is the future. So I sold them at a yard sale. And now I can't fucking watch my favorite show because they took it off of streaming. This is why I hung on to my there's a couple DVD sets that I did hang on to for TV shows. uh, Scrubs, uh, Mm. Miami Vice, and Homicide. Mm. So I have uh, Seinfeld and The Shield. I still have my Seinfeld ones, too, actually. Come to think of it. So I've got Rocco's Modern Life on DVD. Those are super (laughs) bootleg, though. (laughs) Um, if, uh, if, if I didn't think that we would get in trouble for playing a whole song, I would, I would suggest putting the diehard song from the band guys night as the end of this episode. Okay. uh, I think we would get in trouble for, for that. Yeah. At least on YouTube, we would podcasting wouldn't matter, but YouTube, we'd get a lot. We, we, we probably get a strike. We probably get a copyright strike against us. We don't want that. Um, no, we don't. But we do want you to go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. That's true. Uh, all right. We're going we're gonna to veer into serious topics here now. So, again, it, it, like we say seemingly every week on the show, you can ignore politics, but politics do not ignore you. Um, there is a longstanding conflict in the Middle East uh, between uh, Israel and the Palestine state uh, over – 
who should have access and rights to land over incredibly holy sites, both in the Jewish and Muslim religions. And it's been a uh, kind of a cold war uh, in some ways, which has gotten hot many times over the years. Uh, it's a really fucking sad conflict. Um, like the Palestinian side has a pretty feckless government and a literal terrorist organization that has a lot of sway uh, and does a lot of shitty things. And the Israeli government has taken kind of a right wing turn, uh, especially under current an extreme right wing turn. Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, and so people in our generation and younger, especially, uh, have not generally seen things from the perspective of Israel as much. Or at least uh, no, because Israel's out here doing a genocide. Well, like at, at the very least, they're doing an apartheid for sure. Right they're now. they're they're doing an apartheid, yeah. and they're 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 from from my perspective, they're doing a genocide. They yeah. want to wipe out Palestine. They are engaging in settler colonialism, and they are, uh, I mean, they're they're out here doing fucking war crimes. Yeah. I can tell you multiple war crimes that they've done in the last fucking three days. They bombed the the media offices of the Associated Press. And I think Al Jazeera mm -hmm. is also in there. Um, they basically gave him an evacuation warning and were like, we're sending in the rockets. Y'all better fucking leave. Um, so, yeah, like they're targeting the media so that there are less people there to and less resources there to report on the war crimes that they are doing. And literally yesterday, they bombed the office of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, which is a charity in Gaza that provides medical care for Palestinian children in need, which is also a war crime. Like. Fucking flat out. Yeah. Israel is doing war crimes. <laughs> And, and they're not being held responsible by anyone. And and it's been, like I said, it's been more and more, especially in the last several years, many prominent people, politicians, things of that nature have spoken out against the actions of the Israeli government. Um, and rightfully so, because it's, it's the government that's driving all of the bad acts. Like, it's nothing to do with the Israeli citizenry. It's the government taking a super hard right wing stance on this stuff. So to bring it into the world of video games, um, on Friday, the editorial board for IGN, the biggest gaming journal, you know, media website in the world, uh, put an article out that was titled How to Help Palestinian Civilians. Uh, one of the article said, quote, Palestinian civilians are currently suffering great numbers in Jerusalem, Gaza, and the West Bank due to Israeli forces. Uh, they had links to different charities that you could donate to to help Palestine, you know, Palestinian refugees and things like that that are suffering much as they did for black lives matter, much in the same way they did for COVID-19 relief, much as they did for uh, raising awareness for Asian American hate crimes and things of that nature. Uh, GameSpot put an article up as well in a similar fashion. So did game informer. Problem is, is that about 18 hours later, sometime on Saturday, the article on IGN came down. And with no explanation given by IGN as to why the article came down. And the Game Informer one. The Game Informer came down as well. Um, then on, I believe it was uh, Monday, IGN put out a statement uh, that basically said, hey, we took this down because it wasn't our intention to cause division. Like this is a, you know, the article only supported one side of the conflict. Basically it was a, 
both sidesing of of the issue. The problem is, is that that statement wasn't directed by anybody that was involved with the original statement whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And now the editorial and reporting team for IGN is pissed. And they should be. At their parent company for basically silencing them and then putting out a statement in their name that was not at all something that they that they right with. uh there's and then par- like yeah, again just sort of like fucking both sided this like right when again the vice article notes the latest israeli militaristic aggression has so far killed uh, killed 198 people and injured 1300 more many of which I might stress, have been literal fucking children. Yeah, so so basically, like, not to not to get too deep into the woods, because Look Forward is probably going to talk about this a bunch this week. Um, Israel was attacked by Hamas, which is the terrorist organization that operates under Palestine. Right. But they, they're retaliating against the Palestinian people because people that take a very myopic view of this conflict just tie Hamas and the Palestinian government in with each other as one in the same right. when they are not. I, I feel like it's worth stressing that like Hamas is a terrorist a organization. Terrorist, a yes. literal terrorist organization 100%. and has behaved as such and should be held accountable for as such. But Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people and especially again not the literal children who have died as a result of this conflict. Um, and on on the other side, I have no problem with the Israelis as a people or the the Jewish people as a people or as a religion, but the Israel government is retaliating against Palestine as a people rather than targeting Hamas. Correct. They and, are, and, that, and they're using flimsy justification to do it, like like the when you mentioned that they bombed the AP the building where the AP was housed. Their justification was, oh, we have intelligence that, you know, Hamas operated, you know, an office out of there. Right. But they won't. Where's the intelligence? They won't reveal the intelligence to, no. to support this. That kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a closed door meeting at IGN. Um, basically, they, they, you know, the chief operating officer of IGN, Per Schneider, was reportedly peppered with questions about it. Um they, the IGN employees described the conflict between IGN and the parent company as a war several times, apparently. Jesus. Uh, which is, which is a, uh, which is, you know, pretty serious. Uh, the other problem, the other complicated aspect of this is that IGN has offices in many areas around the world, including Israel. And the IGN Israel office, uh, was not happy about this statement going up. Um, it is incredible. A lot of IGN, uh, editors are now going like basically voicing their opinions publicly, uh, either very overtly or very subtly in clever fashion. Um, this is not something that's going to blow over. No, I don't think easily. Uh, this is going to be a huge, uh, huge story. And to the credit of, Many other folks in the industry, a lot of smaller outlets, but still like with large followings, have kind of taken up the have kind of taken up the call uh, of raising awareness to this issue. 
Uh, I know Kind of Funny has raised more than $10,000 already for Palestine Relief uh, through a fund that they have helped set up. Um, And they're not a generally very political organization anyway. Uh, This was all brought on mostly about uh, Tamir Hussein, uh, who is the GameSpot managing editor, uh, who put out a video on Friday talking about the games industry silence about the strife that the Palestinian people is going to are is a huge contrast for how they rallied to black lives matter and how they rallied to stop Asian hate uh, and really has done a good job of raising a ton of awareness around this issue that a lot of people who don't follow politics. And even if you do follow politics, this is still potentially a huge blind spot because it's covered uh, by Western media, especially in a very, you know, pro Israel anti-Palestine slant in a lot of cases. So it's, it's something that I would certainly encourage everyone out there to learn more about. Uh, this conflict has literally been going on for the past 70 years uh, yeah. and has no real signs of stopping anytime soon, uh, which is really sad because there's a lot of people um, primarily on the Palestine side of things who are really suffering, who are basically – don't have a voice in the place that they live. Uh, they don't get a say in the government. Um, they're treated like second-class citizens quite literally thanks to a lot of the especially recent law changes uh, that the Israeli government has passed down uh, in that country. So it's it's a really fucking sad situation. And I really hope that some more folks around the world can learn to separate the Israeli people who are good and don't deserve, you know, to be shit on at all from the Israeli government who is heading a terrible fucking direction, especially in the last, you know, five, 10 years or so. Yeah. I don't understand what's so difficult about that, especially coming from this country. Like at any point in this country, America, half of the people don't like who is being represent, who represents them throughout the world. And they say, Hey, just because, this game show host is the the president or just because this, you know, murder, murder guy from, from uh, Delaware is there. He doesn't represent who we are as a people, but we can't turn around and do the same thing. I, I don't know. Look, I understand companies not wanting to, I understand companies trying to, stay as neutral quote unquote as possible in, in the public eye. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. This seems very, this seems very one-sided to me. And, and this uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not very worldly. I, I, I follow local politics. I follow federal politics. I'm not really uh, uh, much on international uh, politics, but just reading this, very mealy mouthed response that IGN, the company put out is it's a, it's, I, I don't want to say it's an act of cowardice, but it, it just, it's mealy mouthed. Like well, it's yeah. not the problem. The problem comes from in the past and, st- and to an extent still, but in the past, if you criticized something that the Israeli government is doing, it's, you're seen as anti-Semitic. You're, you're seen. You're seen as anti-Israel, which therefore you're you're an anti-Semite, right? Which, and I feel which like is, which is we a, which are finally a, reaching a oh, point yeah, yeah. where people can have an understanding where just because you are criticizing the actions of the 
Israeli government, that does not mean that you are anti-Israel or that you are against Israel's right to exist or that you are against the Jewish people. You're just against war crimes at this point. I mean, you would think that that would be something that is common sense to people, but it's mm-hmm. but it's really not. I mean, like, this, these we, are the same people that say that you know told us for the last four years that if you don't support the president, then you're right. Then you don't support the country, but right. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Uh, wow. Jesus Christ. I mean, a lot of it stems from, you know, folks who are just staunchly anti-Muslim. Like, it's it's the Islamophobia that, that people have been uh, engaging in for the last 20 plus years. Um, that, you know, oh, the people who they're killing are, are brown? Oh, oh, they're they're Muslim. Then, you know, people people yeah, are far more matter. willing to look the other way as far as that shit's concerned. And it's disgusting. And those people should be called out for being disgusting because what is happening to those people over there is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like I said, th- this is this is going to be looked back at. I, I I have a feeling, especially if history trends the way that it seems to be going, this is going to be looked at in much the same way uh, that we look back at like South Africa in the early nineties, pre Mandela and things of that nature mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yo, I, his, 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 history could be a guide or you can just do the same shit over and over again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, like there's, there's enough lived human history at this point to be able to kind of see how things are going to go. If you don't, you know, make a change. Yeah. But uh, what if, do, what do if we know? you are looking, if you're listening to this and you're looking to uh, donate to support, the Palestinian people in some way, my personal recommendation would be to send to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, which is, again, a victim of a bombing on, on in Gaza City by the Israeli government yesterday, um, which is, again, I must stress, a war crime. Um, so uh, they, they literally tweeted an hour ago that their... Um, Medical supplies are in really short supply and they're just trying to help people who have injuries. So if you are looking for a way to support these people who have been under siege by these attacks, I would suggest looking up again. That's the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. So we move on to some lighter fare as we head over to the Dense Pixels post office. Well, actually, no, not lighter fare because the first question is from Johnny uh, <laughs> to to tell us about some of our favorite New Jack moments. Unfortunately, the the wrestler uh, known as New Jack uh, passed away uh, suddenly last Friday. Um, I was not really that well versed with New Jack because I wasn't a big ECW guy. Uh, back in the nineties, all I all I know about New Jack is he was a literal insane person. Yeah, New Jack. I I never watched a New Jack match. I don't. Um, that's you know that like combat zone wrestling style. I, I, I I'm not in, I'm not into that. I don't want to see people get hurt. Right. I want to see people look like they're getting hurt. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. not. And he like uh, actually got himself hurt. Yeah. No, he actually and hurt actually a lot hurt of fucking people. people. Like he, yeah. like he, he, he's tried he, to kill. He literally people. almost killed a guy. In, yeah, in, in, in intentionally. Match. Intentionally, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. come on, yo. Uh, he's got it. He had a bunch of scars and shit on his head because he would like blade. Like blading was when you you take a. a uh, razor you take blade a teeny to, tiny little razor blade. Yeah, and no, you, he would yeah. take like forks and do that shit. Like it, it's not. Hmm. Like I don't need all that bloody shit, man. I, I just you know. So plus. Uh, I you know I don't know if he was a, a master at living the gimmick or um, 
or he was really an insane person. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, I'm not going to uh, say that I, I, I'm glad he's dead. I'm not. I'm not uh, not a monster. But uh, I don't really have any. Not even not even fond. I don't have any memories of him, fond or otherwise. Yeah. Like, Look, I had no idea who this person was until I saw him trending on Twitter. If I'm being completely honest, I'm also not super tuned into wrestling. I mean, you'd ha- you'd ha- like New Jack is not a casual like a casual fan's nah. not going to have yeah. heard of New Jack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. I mean, for for what it's worth, I mean, it it basically appeared. You know, he died of a heart attack mm-hmm. um, over the weekend, and that's basically stemming from the incredible amount of injury that his body sustained over the course of his wrestling career, which led to blood clotting problems that he had for the last several years. Um, So, I mean, look, you, you engage in a lifestyle where you are beating the shit out of other people and having the shit kicked out of you on a regular basis. Eventually your body's just going to give out. Yeah. So, and, and we've been fortunate uh, after the, slew of tragic wrestling deaths like in the late 90s and 2000s um the industry has gotten a lot better over the years at taking care of their performers so we're not seeing that nearly as often which is a huge plus um but again there's still a lot of guys from that era who are gonna probably die way too young just because of like carrie said things they put themselves through so Mm -hmm. don't be surprised to see some more of that in the coming years um We'll keep it with wrestling. Rev asks, what is the best wrestling documentary? Um, I don't know. Uh, Beyond the Mat was good. Um, I think, honestly, just just because of the... It, it, it comes... It, I don't like the way it's framed. But because of the real-life events that happen to correspond around it, it's got to be wrestling with shadows, right? Which is the yeah. Bret Hart documentary that happened to be filming around the time where he got screwed over by Vince McMahon and left the, left WWF. Yeah. Like it's like it's 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 the thing where it's like never in a million years could you, could something like this have happened. Yes, except it did. Yeah, and um, and the, the the thing I don't like about it is is it's framed extremely as like the pro Bret Hart documentary. Like like it's it's very favorable to him. And when you actually look at the history from a more objective standpoint, not that Bret Hart didn't get fucked over, but he had a lot to contribute to the getting fucked over more than he would care to admit, probably. Yeah. Bret didn't screw Bret more as like Bret was like gave the screwdriver to Vince McMahon. Yeah, like like, like he he didn't leave WWF with a ton of options. In that, in that situation that that we're going to be good at the end of the day right um, hey it's tradition to go out if you're if you're leaving you go out on your back yeah and that means you got to drop a belt well i'm not going to do it in canada well not, not, what the not, fuck not, you know? not, not to that guy not, the, not, to, not to that guy Michael. i don't like him like uh, <laughs> all right yo yeah all right. like it, it, it's it's but but again especially like the footage that they captured of that night in montreal um, and the yeah. backstage stuff and all that jazz uh, was pretty good. Um, it's 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 a good documentary. Again, it's very pro Bret Hart, but it's uh it's a pretty solid watch. Uh, the dark side of the ring stuff is fine. I don't like that they do the like you know silhouette like 
film the like, like they do like yeah, they do it like the crime the crime tv style like, like, yeah. like cutaways yeah which i'm not a fan of like just to fucking tell the story dark side of the ring is uh it depends on who the subject is mm-hmm. i mean most of them are, are are good but it depends on who the subject is for me um i would love another like 30 for 30 mm-hmm. um i enjoyed rick flair's 30 for 30 but yeah. uh I, I think a lot of that had to do with Ric Flair. I hundred percent. You know, there's not I mean? there's not a whole lot of other guys that I think could uh could have an interesting thirty for thirty specifically. Like like the A and E biographies that they've been showing are fine. Like some of them are kind of puff pieces, so it's not really you're not yeah. really getting hardcore um, uh, look at things. A lot of the WWE produced stuff is pretty good too. Like the Monday Night Wars series um, is fairly good. Uh, again, it's going to be slanted slightly from a WWE standpoint, <laughs> just because they won. Slightly. So, so history, histories get to you know, vi- vi- victors get to tell the history, as yeah. it were. Um, but it's still a lot of great shit, and and especially if you want to see the golden age of wrestling kind of laid out before you, it's it's a good one to watch. Uh, Daniel, we'll wrap it up with him. He says, "Will you guys go back to playing Mass Effect Andromeda after the you play the main three? Uh, tempted to go back just to stick with the story with an ending. Uh, I think I am actually gonna gonna revisit Andromeda once I'm done the trilogy. Uh, it depends on what's out at this point. Like I don't hate Andromeda. I actually really like it. Um, I know I know everybody like couldn't wait to say how bad it was, but I actually pretty I liked it. I liked it enough. The problem with Andromeda is, you know. It, <laughs> You got your, it's, it's like, it's like the opening act coming on after the headliner. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I just saw Dave Chappelle in concert. And now here's, you know, uh, uh, funny McNeilson at the chuckle hut. Some guy we picked up off the street. (laughs) Right. Doing jokes. Right. So uh, like Mass Effect was, Mass Effect hit the hit the video game like like consciousness zeitgeist like it hit it and it hit it like no game i have seen in in the modern era of video game fandom um it, it, and is just beloved by everyone who you know played it up until the uh, you know the journey was great ninety nine percent of the time and then that one so percent where the ending could, is just like oh, nope fuck this yeah. whole series like all right all right but but yeah that was the big problem with Andromeda so I might go back and play it but it it just depends on what else is uh it just depends on what else I'd, I'd like I'd like to play it now that all the bugs and jank have been have been smoothed out and it got a bit of a upgrade for PS4 Pro slash PS5 so yeah. Pretty solid. So yeah, I thanks. will for for what it's worth. I will eventually play Mass Effect now that the Legendary Edition is out. I just have Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne coming out next week, and like I knew basically, if I were to pick up Mass Effect now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't ever fucking finish it. Yeah. Like I want to play those games all back to back, like you maniacs are doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I just have other games hidden at weird times that I'm prioritizing. So I will I, eventually I 100% understand. I'm very you know, curious like... to see. I'm very curious to hear your opinion of it because women tend to, and, and this is part of the reason why mass effect is such the 
phenomenal success that it is. Women, in my experience, talking to people who, you know, customers at GameStop, women absolutely love Mass Effect. They love it. Yeah, because it's got hot aliens. Well, also because one, it's it. You can make a female lead. Two. Oh sure. The her, That's big. her, perfor- her performance is way better. Yeah, than I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mention that. Like, <laughs> <Femtrap> <laughs> is the superior shepherd. Yeah, compared, I know that. Compared much. to Mark Mir, like it's night and day. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, man. Like, Look, it is. <laughs> all I know is I just want to fucking date Garrus. That's it. Well, you gotta wait a while. Oh, you gonna be, <laughs> you gonna be waiting a while. <laughs> and, and it's like you can't do it until Mass Effect Two, right? Three. Three. Really? Yeah, he's, not, he's not a romance option until the third game. I thought he was a romance option in two. I thought so too uh, at first. But but you see, this is how this is how you know it's true love, right? Like you meet <laughs> you meet this guy. He's all rough, and he's he's like. Uh, fuck the establishment, man. I'm, trying to get I'm, me some I'm of those cop. mandibles. I'm, I'm this cop, and I'm trying to get shit done. But I, but but they keep holding me back, Shepard. They keep holding me back. And then and then you know, depending on how things play out, then then he comes in the second game. Oh, the, and no, just no, like, don't, don't even spoil that. Like the, like, look, the, like look, the apparent the appearance of know, in the second game. Is, <laughs> it's the best. We it got a best. handsome alien man who I eventually get to smooch. There you go. I don't ask for a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Monster fuckers stay winning in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, before we leave today, I want to make sure that you know (laughs) that the Baltimore Gamers Symphony Orchestra show this Saturday. It's at eight o'clock Eastern. It's streaming on the BGSO YouTube page. It's a premiere. It's not a live show. But uh, we we recorded for it between like January and April, early early May maybe, and uh, yeah, it's full of bangers. Um, do do you like Sticker Brush Symphony? Everybody likes Sticker Brush Symphony. We got Sticker Brush Symphony. Do you like F Zero music? F Zero music slaps. We got F Zero music. Do you like something calm like? Some twinkly little tunes from The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, we fucking got that too. It's an hour and a half of music and uh, it's going to be a super fun time. So uh, again, this is totally free. It's just on YouTube. So pop in Saturday night when it premieres. You can hang out and chat with me and plenty of other BGSO members. And uh, please support all of the hard work that I did because I arranged like half the show and I recorded five songs and I did all of like the video editing. So... Please support me personally <laughs> and the many hours of hard work that I put into producing it. I'm sure Thanks. you guys are looking forward to getting back in person. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I like this show is going to be really good. Audio editing is hard. Um, if you've not joined our Discord, you can do that at densepixels.com slash fans. Subscribe to the show and the other TNP studio shows wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. And then follow us on Twitch. I am densepixelsbrad. Carrie is Suffet's Carrie. Terrence is Apparition. Uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. I should go. See it. Oh, you stole my line. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs>